And so as I as we see the light in the candle, think of that as emanating from you, the light from within. And that's what the candle represents. So I invite you all, if you're comfortable, to close your eyes, to get um, in your seat, cozy, relaxed, and present as I start this opening prayer. And so I know there is one, one source in this universe, always present, always available. You may call it God, you may call it universal spirit, you may call it whomever, but it is always there, and it is for us. Not just for us, but it is as us. That's who we are. That's who we show up as. That spirit, always present. In us, as us, in everyone and everything we see, everything we smell, everything we touch, even our memories, that is that universal spirit. Perfection. You may call it your angel. You may call yourself the angel. And just as I know we are all that, we are a part of that, not a separation of that, but we are a piece of the whole, of this whole community called CSL Olympia, of this community Olympia, Washington, of the state, of the United States, of this earth and beyond. We are one part of the whole. And without one of us, there would be a piece missing. We are that important. We matter. And as these angels, these gods that we are, we are not loving. We are love. We are not compassionate. We are compassion. We are not just healthy. We are health. We are kindness. We're not just kind, but we are kindness. And we are prosperity. Not just prosperous, but all prosperity. Financially, abundance, anything we desire is ours. Not just joyful, but we are joy. And not just angelic, but we are angels. We are that. Always, always within us is that. And the talk today on diversity is exactly also what we are. While we are all the same, we are all different. And that is the perfection also. The diversity, what we bring of ourselves to the whole. Because again, without one of us, there's a piece of that whole missing. And that is our gift to ourselves, to each other, to the world. And so I express such gratitude knowing this and knowing each and every one present here today and the gifts that are present. So I release this into the law, knowing it is complete, knowing that with each and every one of us completes us. And I release it knowing it is done. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you.
I looked up the definition of diversity. I had this whole other talk written, and then I got an email from David that was uh, the order of service, and I went, oh, I have a different subject. So I looked up the definition of diversity. And it's, it's the condition of having or being composed of differing elements, variety, especially the inclusion of different types of people in a group or organization. So basically, the definition of diversity, of diversity is centers for spiritual living. So I'm done. This morning, I got into a conversation with Marlisa, who's been lovely enough to host me while I'm here. And uh, we got, I don't know how we got on the subject, but uh, we started talking about the Amazon rainforest. And I've been studying the medicine plants of the rainforest and the other shamanic traditions there. And the reason that there's so much power in the plants of the rainforest is diversity. We've gotten into a habit here of monocropping, where you have miles and miles of the same plant, which draws the same kind of bug and the same kind of bird and the same kind of diseases that attack the plants. And it's the reason we have the uh, not-so-friendly farming practices that we have. In the rainforest, it's such a diverse uh, environment that the soil is incredibly rich and there's such a competition for sunlight and everything else that the plants that do survive are very powerful. It's a very wet environment, so they become very antimicrobial, very antifungal. And does any, did it, did any, I learned something years ago, which is about half of our, of our pharmaceutical drugs are derived from less than 2% of the plants in the rainforest. The reason for that is the diversity. So I've been looking at my own life in the past week and where the diversity exists and where it's missing. Thank you for trapping my brain in this loop. And I'm going to invite you to do the same. So I realized that my, my diet is very diverse. When I go out to eat, I, I love all kinds of food. So um, I mean, I, I'll try anything. But when I cook for myself, it's pretty basic. Does anyone else have this experience? Right? So when you go food shopping... Are you exploring the aisles? Are you finding new things? Are you checking out those ethnic markets in the, in the corners, right? The little strip malls that have those strange markets with all the strange food. Do you go in there and explore? Or are you going and just replacing what you've run out of? Like I do. Trader Joe's is my best friend. If it doesn't exist at Trader Joe's, I don't eat. In music, I have a pretty diverse appetite. I love hearing new music. I love going out, hearing new bands, hearing Celtic or whatever else it might be. But my daily diet, my daily library, I tend to revert back to a lot of classic rock, a lot of what I grew up with. How's your, how's, what's your music library look like? And if it's diverse, send me some music because I want to hear more. I looked in my closet, and I have everything from digging in the dirt, get dirty clothes, to suits for those occasions where I need to wear one. 
But most of the time, you're going to find me in jeans and a T-shirt or a sweater if it's cold like this, right? So how much of your closet are you actually wearing and how much is just hanging there? Where is the diversity in that realm? We all tend to fall into a groove where we are repeating the same habits and patterns. And we're not even realizing how limited our experience of life becomes when we do that. Anyone notice? Same thing, same meal, same habit. Is that coffee ready to go for you when you wake up in the morning? Have you tried a different brand of coffee lately? Have you tried tea lately? Anything to switch it up? And we live in a country that was founded on diversity. We even have a big giant statue in New York Harbor that calls for it. We have people from all over the world. The U.S. is a cultural melting pot. Yet, we still separate. We still isolate. Right? You can ask Surrey, if you pick up your phone and say, Surrey, find me a restaurant nearby, you'll find 40 different kinds of food to choose from within a five-mile radius. That's how diverse our culture has become. We've abolished slavery. We've eliminated segregation in our schools. Everyone has the right to vote, no matter what color, race, creed, religion, doesn't matter. And we have more diversity in in culture, in education, um, sexual orientation, races, we have it all, yet our current political scene shows us just how divided and how diverse at the same time we truly are. So we all, we all are prejudiced. And that voice in your head that said, no, not me, I'm not prejudiced. We all have our prejudice. We all tend to um, judge books by the cover. We were taught not to, but we do it. We have preconceived ideas. We have beliefs around those people or those things. And if you think about it, what are your impulsive thoughts about that kid with his pants down below his butt, right? Uh, the homeless guy that's asking for money, that's asking for change. What are those impulsive thoughts that come up for you? That long-haired hippie guy that's standing up on stage talking to you. Right? If you saw me walking down the street in jeans and a t-shirt, what would your immediate thoughts be? What would you think you know about me? What would you believe that you believe about me or about the kid with his pants or about the homeless guy? I had a coaching client um, who told me he was struggling with the younger, uh, uh, the younger part of his team. He had, he had some people who were about half his age working on a project. And 
as we talked about it, I said, well, you're prejudiced against them, and they feel it. He said, I'm not prejudiced. I love those kids. You see how it sneaks in? Those kids felt it. They felt that to him they were just kids. So our prejudice runs deep in our subconscious, and and it isn't always as blatant as color or country of origin. Sometimes it shows up in really subtle ways. Most of us don't even notice what's around us. We're like fish. Have you all heard that story about the school of fish? School of young fish swimming, and an older fish comes the other way, and he says, morning, how's the water? And as the younger fish get a little further away, one turns to the other and says, what's water? Right? Just like the fish isn't aware of the water because it's all around them, we aren't aware of what's all around us. We take it for granted. Um, it's, it's context that's typically invisible to us. We operate under default settings, and we're constantly making choices and responses based on how we've been programmed. We acquire it through all our early programming, what our teachers, what our parents, what our society. Um, it's how we've been trained. And we learn to react to match the expectations of whatever our environment is feeding is uh, feeding us. Again, teachers, parents, all of that. This is called culture. It's learned behavior that is acquired to make it easier for us to fit in. Whether uh, whether it's with our family, whether it's with our friends. We have a culture as we're growing up that is one thing with our family. Excuse me, I'm going to get my water. It might be a culture we develop with our family. And then we go into school and we find that we have to adjust to fit in with the kids. So we develop a whole other culture there. Some of us spend a lot of our life jumping between this culture. I have to act like this to fit in over here, and then when I go home, I have to be somebody completely different. Or is that just me? Anyone else had that experience? Einstein said, culture is the collection of prejudices acquired by age 18. And Ernest Holmes said, culture is the arena of expression in which we are all like some others, race, gender, ethnicity, national identity, sexual orientation, class, physical ability, and religion are all expressions of the way we are like some people. And we tend to fear what's different because that's how we're taught. So we tend to stay in our familiar spaces because it's safe and that is a a natural survival mechanism is to stay where it's safe. Just like cave dwellers, they stayed in the cave because it was safe. There was stuff outside that, that could kill you, that could eat you and have you for lunch. But it's precisely because 
we humans left the cave and went out to explore that we we learned to grow we went out seeking that diversity to expand our knowledge and to expand our experience so diversity in its truest truest sense is about critical thinking it's about exploring other perspectives and looking at different ways of seeing things and just tasting and see, seeing what works. Just like trying new food, tasting a new, uh, a, new, a new dish and deciding whether you like it, whether it fits or not. We need new and, di- new and diverse ideas to evolve as humans, as, uh, as a society, as a culture. So we need to go out and imagine ourselves in someone else's shoes, right? Try to see the world through someone else's eyes. And most of all, if we are really going to be in this work that we're all sitting in this room to do, can we see God in their eyes? Ernest Holmes said, pure spirit exists at the center of all form. Pure spirit exists at the center of all form. That means all form. That means all humans. That means the guy with his pants down below his butt, the guy on the corner begging for change, it's all God. If we're to believe it, if we're to believe that everything is pure spirit, that everything is God expressing itself, then it means we're God too. And so are they. Our challenge as awakening souls, which we're all trying to be here, is to see God in everything and everyone, regardless of how different they seem to be or we believe they should be. Anybody following me here? Are we all we all on the same page? We still good? Okay. So it's about forgetting what we think we know and getting curious. To overcome our fear about what's outside the cave and to find different ways of seeing each other, uh, different ways of seeing the world, different ways of experiencing our world, because we all have our own little world and we're the center of it. If we, if we begin to acknowledge and celebrate the diversity um, and the simple fact is that, that we're all really more the same than we are different. We all have three basic, basic needs, and that's food, shelter, and love. And which one of those do we often find ourselves withholding the most? Anyone? Food? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> So how do we do it? How do we begin to awaken our souls? How do we begin to explore? Um, We start by observing and becoming conscious of our subconscious uh, prejudices. Start 
noticing our knee-jerk reactions and our thoughts and asking ourselves, how is this belief limiting my life experience? And then choosing to explore a new possibility, choosing a new thought, maybe exploring a new culture. I did business in Hawaii for a long time. And and just experiencing the the beauty of hula and the Hawaiian culture of aloha um, was just, it's... It was exposure to something completely new, completely beautiful, and completely different from the everyday, uh, the everyday life that we tend to do in our Western society here of go, 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 business, business, family, business, family, business, family, weekend, right? We kind of, we, we get stuck in this rut. If we can see our, our, ourselves in, in someone else's shoes, or even in their baggy pants, what would it feel like to be that, that guy on the street begging for change? What would that experience be like? And what would it be like to live in that mansion? Because our prejudices aren't limited to what we, would, what we would say is the scary stuff or the scary people. We, have, we all have preconceived ideas about everything. The homeless guy, or wealthy people, or gay people, or straight people, or long-haired people. We all have those preconceived ideas that we were programmed with. And if we observe our thoughts and, and start to release our judgments and get curious, we start to embrace this diversity, and through that we find unity in that diversity. David mentioned that I just did this very deep uh, shamanic training, and there were 20 of us living in a house together, uh, some five to a room, and it was a very diverse, <laughs> very diverse crowd from uh, many parts of the world going deep into our own processes as well as uh, studying some shamanic work from the rainforest and uh, and, and most of it was really about who are we being in this process. On top of the science, on top of the history and all of that stuff that we were learning, mostly it was who are you being? And digging into what's coming up in this diverse, uh, this diverse environment, this blend of people. Ernest Holmes also wrote, life is infinite creative power, always creating new versions of itself in an infinite variety of forms, uh, forms, styles, and expressions. One of life's unique expressions of, of its... Wait, let me start that over. Each one of life's unique expressions of itself is whole, complete, and perfect in and of itself, lacking nothing and eternally connected to the whole of creation. Perfect in and of itself and lacking nothing. Can you see that in the homeless guy on the corner? Can you see that in the people sitting around you? Can you see that in the mirror? Because we're most brutally uh, prejudiced against ourselves and judgmental against ourselves. 
So can you see that God expression in each and every person and each and every thing that, that you see, including yourselves? When we learn to honor the differences and uh, that we see in our experience and appreciate that contrast, when we accept each person as a diverse example of the one, of that one presence, of what we call God, spirit, or universal life, or whatever name you want to put on it, that's when we really begin to expand our consciousness. That's where we really begin to feel this truth of God and everything. At least for me, that's been my experience. Um, that month I, f- I spent in deep process cracked me wide open. I find myself um, getting emotional just about the beauty that I see around me. I had a moment where I literally experienced bliss in that I, I looked out a uh, window. I'd just gone through a very deep process, and I looked out the window and saw the trees blown in the wind and burst into tears. And I said, I don't even know why I'm crying, and I realized it's, it's bliss. I just found the beauty in all of it. And, and I saw it in the people who were doing this work with me from the deepest, saddest processing to the most angry processing. It was beautiful. And I find myself in this place where I'm feeling more than I think I've ever felt in my life. It's overwhelming at times. I look out at you and I I just, my heart sinks. So I invite you to go out this week. I'm going to give you homework. Notice your judgments. Notice when you're judging the book by the cover. Ask yourself, where did this belief come from? Who taught me this? How did I learn this? And how is it serving me? As humans, we don't do anything without a payoff. We've been trained, if you do this, you get a reward. If you do that, you get punished. So even in the things that we would say that we do that are negative, there's a payoff. There's always a payoff. So look for that. How is this serving me? And then get curious about your own cultural programming. Then get out of your cave, this cave. Get out of your cave and explore something new, explore something different. I've... I've done uh, programs with people where part one of the assignments is go ask for change. Go ask somebody for money. So I'll challenge you all. Ask somebody for money. Have that experience. Notice what comes up for you. It's, it can be a very, very powerful experience. The more diverse our environment becomes, the more creative and evolved the ideas and the products and the art and the experiences and everything that comes out. Imagine 
if all we had to eat were hamburgers and hot dogs. And of course, we'd have to have apple pie because there's got to be dessert. But it'd get boring after a while. I'd go hungry if there weren't Thai restaurants that deliver. (laughs) So I'm going to invite you to embrace the diversity that you see all around you. Get curious and explore. Go out, ask somebody for some money, have fun, and then come back next week with stories. And um, come see me, because I want you all to have my email address so that you can... Actually, it's easy. It's, that's my name. It's just john at johnrosenberg.com. Send me stories. Tell me about your experiences. Tell me about getting curious. I want to hear. I want to hear what you discovered. Who's up for doing that? I got about half the room. <laughs> okay. Thanks. I look forward to hearing your stories. Namaste.